0: Welcome to Community Hope Podcast. We pray that the word of Christ would dwell in you richly as you listen and that you would be encouraged in Christ. Will you pray with me? Lord, thank you for uh, the breath you give us, the life. Thanks for today. Your word says in you we live and move and have our being. And So whether we're sitting here or on our couches at home, Lord, if we are in you. And you are in us. So open our hearts to your word and your truth. We know this is a gift. uh, And we will say thank you. Jesus in your name. Amen. So we are beginning a sermon series in 1 Corinthians. And you know what I was impressed with as I read through Corinthians? Uh, Paul has lots of ways he could deal with trials and problems. But what he does is he... Always applies the message of Jesus's death and resurrection to all the problems Like many times we might look at things and here's your solution. Stop it now right Paul is always trying to go deeper with the gospel and if you don't look for it Maybe you don't always see it. So I'd like to go through the book of Corinthians hear what God would say and see how he applies the gospel to the problems Now usually we curse problems, but let's face it You would not have a lot of scripture and a lot of the letters had there not been problems These are church problems that he's writing about and sometimes we're like Oh, I need to get a better church because they got less problems over there But maybe the problems help us come to know Jesus even more And I hope that's the case So we want to look at look at Corinthians through gospel eyes Uh, some years ago I was uh, on the wrestling team, and the guy that I have the arrow pointing to, Dave Walters, was the wrestling coach. My freshman year coach was named Dave, and my next coach was named Dave. And uh, what I remember about Dave is before our matches, he would talk to the team, but then before your individual match, he would like pull you aside and speak words of courage into your life, like a good coach. Knows their players, you know football teams basketball teams that's corporate But here he'd pull you aside and he'd say things like you've worked harder than anybody else you're in shape you're, and You know and, and he would like put words of courage Into us a good coach is able to do that And I was thinking about this when I began the letter because here you have the apostle paul almost like a good coach Speaking words of blessing and encouragement look how he begins I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus For in him you've been enriched in every way How would that feel if somebody said hey Brad I just want you to know that in him you've been enriched in every way Like do we even talk like this? Do we even think like this? You you know many times what we think like is can't believe you did that right you know like But here he's just saying good things and there's problems, but he begins this way in your speaking and your knowledge because of our testimony about Christ It was confirmed in you Therefore do not lack any spiritual gifts as you eagerly wait for the Lord Christ to be revealed I'm sorry Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will keep you strong to the end so you'll be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ god who has called you into fellowship with his son jesus christ our lord is faithful he's like god took you betty stuck you in community with jesus I mean, like what i mean just these words are so encouraging right he, uh, paul saw his mission to build up the church look what he says in second corinthians this is why I write these things When I'm absent That when I come I may ha- not have to be harsh In my use of authority What is the authority? The authority the Lord gave me For building you up Not tearing you down Do you, you ever see your ministry As just tearing each other down? You know what I'm saying Like this guy comes in there And he's writing about problems But the first thing he does Is he builds them up I mean I think this is missing In many families and many churches today right? I mean, the Bible says that the tongue has power of life and death, and those who love it eat of its fruit. You know, sometimes I think the trouble is, is we are just speaking these words of criticism, words. Who wants to be around somebody who criticizes them all the time, right? Who's always telling them what they're doing wrong, you know? I'm doing it to help them improve. Shut up. Sorry. Um, You know, Paul is saying, I could do that, but I choose to speak words of blessing over you. You know, years ago, I remember that big guy there. He was my pastor, and he pulled me aside, and he said, uh, Doug, I believe God has a call on your life, and I'd like to mentor you and teach you what it's like to be a pastor. This was years before I ever became a pastor, and he spoke this word over me. He said, I believe God has a call And I pray that when he brings it to pass, it will be in such a way that you never doubt it. And that is how I got into the ministry in kind of this circuitous way that I haven't doubted. Like his words were were true and, and a blessing unto me. You know, I think sometimes the reason that my mouth doesn't overflow with words of encouragement and blessing and maybe your mouth too is because our hearts aren't filled with it. I think Paul was so filled with the gospel that he would look at people and say, you know what? The dynamite of the gospel was planted in your heart. And that's just going to grow and take over and blow out all that other stuff. Like he could look and believe that. Right out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know what happens many times in families and relationships and even work relationships? You just kind of get sour, right? You just kind of move in this in this sour direction. I've seen marriages where they're like, I love you so much, and then all of a sudden I hate you and I can't stand you, you know, and it's like opposites attract, distract, and attack, right? Or um, Prince Charming turns into Prince Dumpling and Beauty turns into a beast, right? And what happens is husbands and wives or parents with their children, they walk around with this settled contempt. And they're always saying, if only they were different, I'd be happy. And they forget that they hold the keys to their own happiness. You know, you can focus on all the things you don't like, or you can make a mental list of all the good stuff. One lady, when asked to make a list, she's like, Whoa. he cuts the grass well, right? Write that down, right? You know, like, and if you notice, Paul's list is all about God in them. He's not looking specifically to praise them for their specific behavior. He's like, let me tell you that I'm thankful that God lives in you, that God has gifted you, that God has, like, like, he's praising the God who lives in them and what he's done for them. So many times, you hold the keys to your own happiness, husbands and wives, and you shoot yourself in the foot because you focus on all the negative stuff, and you could be set free. And we need to take a play out of Paul's playbook. I mean, look again real quick. I thank you. Why? The grace given to you. Uh, when, When was the last time you just came up to somebody you love and said, I am so thankful for you. I'm thankful that God gave you grace. You know, what if people in church, somebody came up to Tim and said, hey, Tim, I am just thankful for the grace God has given you. You know, I think he'd walk out a little bit lighter, right? I think he'd be like, oh. He has given me grace. What a wonderful reminder, right? And look, God's given you so many gifts. If the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then, then, then he's going to give life to your mortal body even today. I think Christians need to have quivers full of spiritual compliments. And you need to be taking these uh, quivers and you need to be aiming your arrow at the hearts and minds of the people around you. Do you, do you know what I mean? Do you have, like, do you walk around and look at some uh, people in your life and go, he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it, right? Like, what are the quivers? If you don't have any compliment quivers in your arrow, start in your bag, in your, in your arrows that are compliments in your quiver, right, in that holder, you need some. And you need to go out and you need to aim it at people's hearts, right? And, and shoot them into their hearts like Cupid, right? And, uh... Look at that, Brad, buddy. All right, so, uh, I mean, that's, I think, what would our church be like? What would our world be like? What would our businesses be like? And even if you can't say things to people, you can think nice things, right? You can think the power of God in their lives. You know, maybe they're distant, but you can have good hearts That are filled that way Well the scripture goes on And there's a problem here He says I appeal to you brothers In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ That all of you agree with one another So that there's no division among you And you may be perfectly united In mind and thought It's like I want you guys to be one My brothers Some from Chloe's household Have tattled I mean have informed me That there are quarrels among you What are the problems? Look at this what I mean is this One says I follow Paul the Apostle Paul another. I follow this great preacher Apollos Another Cephas is another name for Peter. I follow Cephas still another I follow Christ What's going on here? You know what it is? It's like I, I, I Prefer Jim Fenske, you know what I mean? Like like I do too um, You know like it, you, you get these like divisions that go on inside of us and it's crazy and look at Paul he's like is Christ divided it, it was he was Paul crucified for you <laughs> hey, he says were you baptized into my name I'm thankful that he didn't baptize uh, any except Cy- Cyprus and Gaius so that no one can say they were baptized into my name for Christ did not send me to baptize But to preach the gospel Not with words of human wisdom Why? The cross would be emptied of its power So in Corinth The Apostle Paul When he went into a place He lived there he, You know to have an impact Typically you got to spend time with people It's not just I mean sometimes there are opportunities where you share something and God uses that seed But somebody else has to come along and water and nurture and do all this stuff And Paul would move into a community live there make tents supported by other people And he lived in Corinth for a year and a half and a church was born And then he leaves and other preachers come in Peter comes in Apollos you know other other people And all of a sudden people are like well that Paul I mean he's kind of has been right but peter man he's the rock right or, or or apollos he is a great preacher do you see that and all of a sudden there's like divisions happening in the church and paul doesn't fix it this way stupid right i mean a little bit but not a lot he fixes it with the gospel and you know how he does he looks at the story behind the story he asks himself why are these people so needy to have these divisions Like what's causing this? What do they really want? And you know what it is? Boasting. Right? My group's better than your group. Right? Apollos is better than Paul. Right? No Peter's the best. And then other people are like, no Christ is. Get real. Right? It's all about Christ. You know, and and you somehow their identity, their their they they found something in look who I am I'm better than you isn't it crazy how our hearts are isn't it I mean we always want to have something to boast our views it's there's like a our hearts are like this vacuum looking to stick something in here and saying look at me I'm somebody I have value because my looks (laughs) i were on vacation on the beach I look out and there are people posing for insta I'm sure Instagram but it could be other social media pictures you know and you know I'm just kind of smiling cuz what are they really doing look at my body part I'm somebody if everybody looks at my body part right I mean that's what it was and we laugh but my heart wants to do things like that too if it's not beauty or athletics it could be a talent it could be your intelligence could be your money. I mean, it just, we're always trying to say, I am somebody, I have value because of this stuff, because I follow Paul, because I'm a Lutheran, you know. I mean, it's like, and so many times, the things that we are um, loving, you were born with them. Maybe you're good at playing an instrument. You got gifts from God. You didn't make that. Maybe you worked at it, but it's a gift from God. The other day, I was talking to somebody about about my dad and uh, he's there in the picture next to my daughter and look there's three boys there right no is that is that Sammy or is that uh, there's Sammy okay and uh and and I said something about you know my dad's 84 and he's not fully gray yet you know yeah I kind of felt a little boast about that <laughs> you know yeah look at look at you know I'm like, what am I boasting in genetics right did he do anything no right he didn't do anything, you know. You know it, this is, it's so easy to kind of misplace our boasts. Jeremiah is, uh, is who Paul actually is referring to at the end of this chapter when he said, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. I believe he got it from this section here. And it says, this is what the Lord says. Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the strong man boast in his strength, nor the wealthy in his riches. This is not new, is it? Right? No? And when gretchen and i would go on vacation and uh didn't i rent when i rent a, a mercedes I rented a mercedes and they took off you know the rental stickers now and so i'm like gretchen these people think we have money isn't that hilarious you know and uh um look at us okay uh see and you want to you want to find your boast in that stuff let not him who boast in this let him boast in this that he understands and knows me like on your last day when, when you take your last breath, you're not going to boast in your money. It's this knowledge of God, isn't it? That, he, that I am the Lord, that I exercise loving devotion, justice, and righteousness on the earth. For I delight in these things, declares the Lord. So we're always looking for an identity. And you know what happens when you, you find your identity in your things, and your performance? It's divisive, Right? You know, we say I'm a good person. I go to church. I obey the law and you know what's included in that and I'm better than those who don't Right those heathens out there I'm of a particular political party and and we do a lot of good in the world and your party They don't do good in the world. They want this right And it 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 becomes divisive in it even if like have you ever started working out and now you judge all those people that don't work out, right? You know, who are the most critical of smokers? Ex-smokers, right? You know, when we start boasting in our greatest boast, it becomes divisive. I'm a good parent. I got to look at my children, right? And look at all those bad parents, you know. That's the problem. Our our emphasis divides us. Henry Nouwen said this. He said, dealing with the burning issues can easily lead to divisiveness because before we know it, our sense of self is caught up in our opinion on any given subject. I've seen that happen. When I find my identity in something, my, I, and you start poking that, I'm going to get angry at you, right? And, and it's our job as believers to always go, Lord, i am not how hard i work right i work hard i'm better than all those other people they, they, they should get a job right you know like like you find your identity in so many things people find their identity it's like they they come to know the lord and all of a sudden they find their identity in how much bible they know and how better they are i know a guy have you read through the bible this year i read through it every year you know and you know, what was he saying i'm better than you right we can use religion to do that you know what i do like, I love the gospel, and I can look at somebody who doesn't get the gospel, and I can be like, ah, oh, they don't get the gospel. <laughs> oh, yeah, you could be proud that you get the gospel, and I'm better. It's amazing what sin does in our hearts. And even in our, like, we can be like, I got the best theology. If your theology doesn't move you to love, I don't care what your theology is, Right? If it doesn't move you to look more like Jesus More compassionate, more kind, more loving wh- There's something wrong with your theology Or it's only hit your head And it hasn't hit your heart You know, sometimes we go Well, I'm of this ethnic group And my ethnic group is better than all other ethnic groups You, you know what I'm saying? And, and we boast in our ethnicity, you know And somebody gets close to that And starts pointing And man, what do you do? You demonize them, Right? You start making you start painting a character of them yet you hate them in your heart we see this today with our politics don't we I mean it, when your boast is the greatest boast is political you demonize the other party it's like nuts it's crazy Tim Keller said this you can have a family you can be proud of your race you can be involved in political causes but when it's your ultimate boast of the soul Your soul says, this is how I know I'm okay. This is how I feel good about myself. This is the way in which I deal with the battlefields of life. You know, I'm in a political party, and and we're doing what the world really needs. Then you're going to demonize and villainize and marginalize people who aren't voting for you. The human heart wants to do this so badly. So what do you do? What do you do when you find this in your heart? I find it in my heart. What do you do when you find it in your heart? I think it's the message of the cross that we have to constantly remind ourselves of. Martin Luther said, we have to beat it into our heads regularly, daily. I need your help, and hopefully I can help you with this too. Look what Paul said. He says, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it's the power of God. You want more power in your life to love, then you need to get the cross more not just intellectually not just an example you need to get it down deep that his death was for you and for me right what we're doing when we're trying to divide and we're trying to find something to boast and we're really we're really just trying to get the applause of people aren't we I love uh, my granddaughter Isabella she's like one ish and she'll put two blocks together, these big Legos, and then clap. Yay! She'll put a block through a hole, and then clap, you know, like look, and it's so innocent and beautiful, and I think that's our heart's desire. It just is aimed in the wrong way. You and I long for the well done, good and faithful servant. and We need to work the gospel in, because the cross says, i love you so much that you deserve to have like rotten fruit thrown at you right but i took all that derision so that you could have the praise of heaven and when we learn to get the praise of heaven it detaches us and we can we can move out into the world in love it it changes things this week i posted something on facebook and i did something i don't always do i go what do you think so i posted uh Because our nature tends downward, we need to be aware of sin in our lives. My experience, uh, in in my experience, if you rationalize a sin long enough, it becomes difficult to repent because it's so natural, it's hard to see it as wrong. I totally agree with that statement that I read that morning. A lot of people commented, one person commented this. I've known this, uh, this guy since college. And he's uh, and a bright, he's a real intelligent guy. And he said, uh, to me, the starting premise is flawed. Because our natural, uh, because our, uh, I'm sorry, because our nature tends downward. I don't think this is true at all. I'm not sure that he's a, he wasn't a believer in college. Um, and what is he saying? He's saying, I don't see the human heart as evil, right? Now, I, I could have gone on and been like World War I, World War II, the Holocaust, Pol Pot, Stalin, Lenin, right? You know, you could just like blankets of smallpox to the Indians, you know, trail, trail, trail of tears, you know, slavery. I could have just like gone gone. wait a minute, you know, but I thought why get into some kind of argument on how wicked those people are or other people have been? Why not just admit my wickedness? And so I said, you know, for me, the knowledge of my downward nature is positive. When I remember I'm a big sinner, it produces a perspective of humility because I'm no better than anyone else. And yet, when I remember Jesus loves this big sinner enough to die for my sins. He looks, me, he looks at me in love. I'm the apple of his eye. I have confidence. Used to be I was only confident when I was living up to my standards, but now my enoughness is found. In the work of christ when you have that you're able to have differences and still love i I was uh, listening to a mockingbird podcast and they uh, referenced an article um, and in the article it says no sense love across political divides and this is where i wish i had my glasses with me he says life is not politics that's, that has not been so obvious in these months. Everything is qualified or disqualified by whether you want the president to be our president or not. There is less and less tolerance, more and more nullification of any validity, of any credibility, depending on what, what, what you believe is best for government. People speak of resol- revolution, saving our country, fascism, when we're having an election in a month. But love does not respect these concerns. And they go on to talk about Justice Anthony Scalia and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Both of them have passed. And they said that they were fully politicized. One was a rock of conservative thought, the other an icon of liberal theory. But they also loved each other. How could they possibly love each other? So Scalia, a a robust Catholic, Ginsburg, a non-observant Jew One a hunter, the other a thinker, one a white male at a time when white males ruled The other a woman at a time of opposition and prejudice But they loved each other And those who knew them say they love the opera, food, and of course the law But that's not why they and their spouses love being together this weekend, Ginsburg's passing and Anthony, Anthony Scalia's son Christopher revealed the secret sauce of their love for each other. They laughed. It's because in the end they knew that their passions did not define them. God had already done that. You know, when we allow the cross and God's love to define us, we're able to move out into the world in love. We pray with me. Lord, thank you for all the gifts that you give us. I pray that your gospel would penetrate our hearts and our minds, Jesus, more deeply. In your name I ask this. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Community of Hope, go to www.cohchurch.com. God bless you today.